Hey, Freedom Fighters. Rob Berger here, author of Retire Before Mom and Dad. Uh, back with you with another video. This one is launching what will be a series of videos that I'm going to uh, put together uh, to help you become a better investor. I'm calling it the How to Invest with Confidence series. And it's really going to give you everything you need to not only understand the terminology and the strategies of, of investing, uh, but to be able to do so with some confidence. You know, we're in the middle of a bear market now as a result of COVID-19. And boy, I'll tell you, having confidence in your investment strategy has never been more important. And it really kind of uh, gave me the idea of, of, having, of putting together this series. And so that's what we're going to do. Now, in this uh, video, you can think of it as Investing 101. What I want to do is put, is put together and walk through a, a framework, that's probably too fancy a word, but a framework uh, of the things that we need to think about when it comes to investing. And I think we can just about, we can boil down just about everything we need to think about as investors, for the most part, into five questions. And that's what I wanna go over with you today. And then as we go through this series in future videos, we'll be diving down into each one of these questions and parts of these questions to cover everything from how to create an investment plan to the difference between actively managed mutual funds and index funds to how to keep your investment fees low and why it matters. And if you're listening and you don't know what some of those terms mean, don't worry about it. As we come upon each one, I'll explain it in detail. Today, just want to focus on these five questions. It will put into context everything we're going to be looking at going forward. All right, so let's get started. Um, even put together a PowerPoint presentation for you. Five questions every investor must answer. And the first question is simply, when should I start investing? And obviously a, a question that those at the beginning of their financial journey are asking. I see it come up in a number of different contexts. For example, people will ask me, should I pay off all, all my debt before investing? And I know this is a strategy that's pop been popularized by Dave Ramsey. He thinks you should pay off all your non-mortgage debt before you start investing. I, I, this is one area where I disagree with Dave. I think for a lot of people, this could hold you back. This could keep you from investing for years, in some cases, maybe even a decade or longer. And I think for most people, uh, probably not uh, the best approach, but it's still a question that many folks have to answer. Again, in future videos, we'll be diving into that in more detail. Kind of a related question I see is, should I save up a six-month emergency fund before investing? Or another one, should I save up to buy a home before investing? Now, you know, we have multiple financial goals in our lives, and sometimes it's tricky to figure out which one should take priority. Should I focus only on one goal? Should I juggle multiple goals? Um, it's not always an easy answer, and we'll be covering a lot of that in future videos uh, but it's a, it's a question that each of us, when we're starting out, has to answer one way or another. Now, another kind of question I get, and this is not only from beginning those that are beginning their investing journey, but those that have already invested for a while, is this, is the current market a good time to start investing? I have a lot of folks, when the market is up, it's in a, we're in a bull market, and it seems like every single day the market gains more and more and more. People are afraid to invest because they're afraid that at any moment the, you know, the floor could fall out from underneath us and we could go into a bear market. And then when we're in a bear market, it's sort of the opposite concern. Well, goodness, I don't want to invest now. Things are, are uncertain and there's a lot of volatility. And it seems like 
every day the market's down a lot. Who would want to invest then? Now, those that know me and have uh, followed the podcast and 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 my my blog know I think we should be investing all the time. I think trying to time the market is a big mistake, but I understand the concerns and I understand these sorts of questions and they're important. And uh, I've covered them to some extent in previous videos, but we'll be looking at those these issues uh, going forward in future videos. But again, they all relate to the, the one question, when should I start investing? Or if you're already an, an investor, uh, should I stop investing for a time, right? It's the same kind of question. That's question one. Question two is, how much should I invest? And this comes at us in a couple of different ways. One is, how much do I need to invest, you know, if I want to meet a specific goal? And in most cases, that's retirement. Uh, in some cases, it's uh, a child's education. We'll look at this in, in, in some detail. There are some both free and paid tools online that you can use to help you answer that question. But it's it's a tricky question, particularly if you're years, maybe even decades away from either you're, you're a child going to college or from retirement. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen between now and then. And knowing exactly how much you can save is not always an easy question. And it's certainly not an exact science. But we do have ways to at least try to understand that question and, and answer it. Another thing that I see is some folks will say, look, I, I want to save as much as I possibly can, even more than I might need uh, for retirement at a, at a traditional age. Maybe you want to retire early uh, or whatever your goals might be. And the question becomes, how do I manage my monthly budget so that I can free up uh, as much money as possible uh, to, to invest? That's sort of another uh, but a similar question, but from a different perspective. And then another one is, and this is related to question one in a way, it's um, how much do I invest when I have other financial goals that are important to me, other financial priorities? It's usually not just one thing. And you might want to contribute to a 401k and save uh, up an emergency fund and save for uh, a home and save for a child's education. How do you juggle all of those priorities? Again, not an exact science. There's no, I, I really strongly feel there's no one right answer for everybody. I know there are some financial gurus that will argue that there is, there's one and only one answer and it applies for everybody. And I think that's just silly. Uh, but I do think there's a lot of factors that we can think about and consider as we make those decisions for our own, for our own situation, our own families. And again, we'll be covering that uh, in a future video. So the first two questions, when should I start investing and how much should I invest, kind of relate really to general personal finance topics as they implicate our investing decisions. The final three questions we're going to look at now are more specific uh, to investing itself, all right? So question three, what type of account should I invest in? This is really, once you've decided that you're gonna start investing and you have an idea of how much you're going to invest, you're ready to go, this is actually the first question that should be asked and I think it gets skipped a lot. I've watched a lot of videos on YouTube, I've read a lot of content online and people want to immediately throw you to a robo-advisor or Vanguard or invest in this hot stock or this mutual fund and uh, they've skipped over an important question. What type of account should we be investing in? And here's what I mean. Um, and I know there's a lot here. I actually want to start with taxable accounts first. I should, probably should have switched the sides. But let's start with a taxable account. Um, 
you can think about that as a savings account, a CD or a brokerage account, a mutual fund account at, at say a Vanguard or Fidelity. These are just your standard taxable accounts. And what that simply means is any income you earn from that account each year, whether it's interest from a savings account or interest from a bond mutual fund, or perhaps dividends from a stock mutual fund, they're taxable. They're taxable in the year that you earn them. Now, that's one type of account. The other general type of account are what, what I call tax advantaged accounts. And there's a couple of different ways to look at these. Um, there are employer accounts and individual accounts. And by employer accounts, I just mean 401ks, which you're probably familiar with at work, perhaps a 403b. By the way, the difference there, 403b is effectively the same thing. It's just that um, uh, 403Bs apply to folks that work at like charities, for example. And you might say, well, wait a minute. Why do charities have 403Bs, but if I work at a for-profit company, it's a 401K? Well, the answer is it's just different provisions of the Internal Revenue Code apply to for-profit companies versus non-profits. And all the 401K or 403B is, is the, the particular number and reference in the Internal Revenue Code. That's where they get those numbers from. Same thing with the 457. Uh, the TSP, if you're a government worker in the military, work at the post office, that's just what they call your 401k effectively through a savings plan. But those are all employer accounts, which means you can't go out on your own. I couldn't go out on my own and just open up a TSP or a 401k. It would need to be through an employer. Um, I mentioned HSAs, health savings accounts, uh, and those are accounts that apply if you have a high deductible insurance healthcare plan. And uh, many of those are through employers as well. I mentioned pensions and profit sharing, although if you have those, you normally don't control the investments. But uh, some of you might be lucky enough uh, to have pensions or profit sharing. But all of those types of accounts are through your employer where you work. Uh, and then you have individual accounts, meaning these are accounts you can go and open on your own. And uh, the, probably the primary one is an IRA. You may be familiar with that. I mention HSAs here too, because you can actually open an HSA on your own. You can't contribute to it in, unless you have a high deductible health plan, uh, but you can open your own. You don't have to uh, contribute through an employer. And uh, so this could be an individual account as well. So when we're thinking about tax advantaged accounts, and I know I'm throwing a lot at you, don't worry. In future videos, we're gonna go through what you need to know in detail about all of these. This is again, just to kind of give you a lay of the land, but you can think of them again between employer accounts and then accounts you can go out and open on your own. But the other way to think about these accounts is Roth versus traditional. And again, if you're not familiar with those terms, um, the difference has to do with how they're taxed. A traditional 401k, or sometimes you might be referred to as a tax deferred 401k, when you make your contributions in a given year, you don't pay taxes on that amount of money. Uh, but when you retire and start to take the money out of the 401k, you do get taxed. With a Roth 401k, it's just the opposite. You, you, you are taxed on money that goes into your 401k, but then it grows tax-free. And when you retire 10, 20, 30, 40 years later, say in your 60s or 70s, um, and you take your money out of a Roth, you don't pay any taxes. You don't pay taxes on the amount you contributed. You don't pay taxes on any of the growth in that fund uh, either. Now, as you might imagine, there are pros and cons to both. Something, again, we'll cover in um, future videos. 
but it's important to understand the real takeaway here is the type of account you should invest in is a very important question. And really, uh, you have to answer that before you decide where you're going to open your account. And that gets us to the fourth question. Where should I open an account? Let me, let me go back to question three for a moment. With an employer account, you don't decide where to open it. Your employer does. They have a 401k administrator or a 403b administrator. At Forbes, where I'm a deputy editor now, our 401k is with Fidelity, right? I can't call up Forbes and say, hey, you know, I, I want to have my 401k account at Vanguard. Can you, you mind moving it over from Fidelity to, to, to Vanguard? The, the answer would be no, Rob, that's not, not how it works. Uh, with an employer account, they decide where the account is going to reside. And it turns out, by the way, just for me, that all of my 401ks over my careers, careers both as a lawyer and now as an editor at Forbes have all been just worked out this way. They've all been with Fidelity. Uh, but of course, your 401k or other workplace retirement account could be with someone else. With an individual account, like an IRA, you decide where to open it. And that gets us back to question four, where should I open an account? It's an important question. Again, doesn't apply to employer accounts, but um, for an IRA, for example, or a taxable account, you could open it up at a mutual fund company like Vanguard or Fidelity, could use an online broker, uh, could use a robo-advisor. Again, don't worry if these terms uh, are, are new to you, but for robo-advisors, think Wealthfront, uh, Betterment is another example. You could use FinTech. You may have be familiar with like Acorns, for example, or Stash. These are uh, iPhone and Android apps uh, they're, they're often called, some of them are roundup apps where they'll round up your purchases, take that money out of your account, put it in an investment account for you and invest that money. It's kind of an easy way to invest small amounts of money uh, over time. But the point is, once you decide what type of account you'll want to invest in, the next question we need to think about is where you're going to open that account. Again, if it's not an employer-based account, but these decisions are important. They can affect you uh, long term. And so it's something to think about and something that we'll cover uh, in detail in future videos. Okay. Finally, question five, what in the heck do I invest in? This is where we get to things like asset allocation, uh, stocks versus bonds. How much should I put in a stock mutual fund versus a bond mutual fund? Should I invest only in U.S. stock mutual funds or should I put some in an international stock fund? Here we go, large cap versus small cap. And what does that even mean? Real simple, large cap is just companies that are large in terms of their valuation, think Amazon or Apple. And small caps would be companies that have much smaller valuations, many of which we've probably never heard of. Um, should we invest in REITs, which is just a real estate type of investment, or commodity funds? There you can think of oil and gold and that sort of thing. These are all important questions. Um, I think easy to work through, and we'll be doing that in future uh, videos. Should I, should I use a target date retirement fund? That can be an easy one fund solution, but there are certainly downsides to target date retirement funds. I'm gonna do an entire video just on target date retirement funds. What about the three fund portfolio? That's a simple way to, I think, create an excellent asset allocation using just three mutual funds. One would be a US stock mutual fund. One would be a international mutual fund. And the third one would be a bond fund. But we're gonna cover that in future videos and walk through why that kind of portfolio would work and even give you specific funds 
you could use to construct the three fund portfolio, whether you're at Vanguard or Fidelity or Schwab or somewhere else. Um, should you invest in actively managed mutual funds or passive mutual funds, also known as index funds? And some of you may be saying, well, what in the world does that even mean? We're going to cover that. Again, these concepts are not difficult, uh, but the terminology can be, be confusing over time. And so uh, we'll cover all of that and what the terms mean. Now, some of this may have raised more questions than it answered, and I, I guess I apologize for that. But I really wanted to go through these five questions because they set up the framework for the, for the videos that I'm going to uh, release over the coming days and weeks. Everything we talk about uh, can, boils down to one of these five questions. When do I start investing? How much should I invest? Once I'm ready to in invest, what type of account do I invest in? And if I have to open it myself, where should I open it? What are the advantages and disadvantages of all the different options? And once I've got the type of account and I know where I'm going to open it, or it's going to be an employer-based uh, 401k, great. How do I pick the mutual funds or other investments that I'm going to entrust my hard-earned money uh, to for what will be decades? So those are the five questions. That's the framework. And uh, starting in just a couple of days, I'm going to be releasing the first video. And we're going to walk through all of these questions over the coming days, weeks, and months. So if you haven't subscribed to the channel and you'd like to know when these uh, videos come out, please do so. And if you found this video uh, helpful, please give it a thumbs up. Again, it's a very uh, introductory video again, uh, designed to set out the framework that we're going to follow going forward. But I think it's so important, particularly for new investors or those who are questioning uh, their investment strategies to have this framework, and we'll begin to develop it and expand on it in the coming days. Until next time, remember, the best thing money can buy is financial freedom.